This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Good morning and welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Hey, I'm back just in time to celebrate a Canadian major victory. I just, I just got in under the wire. That was great TV. Good morning. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks, Adam Scully, Mark Zacchino joining you on what is a very happy Monday for Canadian golf fans. Bob, six years in the making, we got another major for Brooke Henderson. Yeah, and an exciting one. It was uh, hard-earned for sure. She... Uh... Definitely had to uh, work a little extra on the back nine to get it done, but boy, that made it all the more more exciting. That last putt, twelve footer for all the marbles was. Uh, I jumped up when I when it went in. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> yeah, it was exciting. It was exciting to see her come through with the putter as well when she had to. Uh, Adam, I know you were away. You were a different time zone away, going the other direction. Did you get to see it? Were you watching it? I know you were out in British Columbia on a uh, family uh, outing. How was your trip, and uh, were you able to catch it on TSN3? Uh, it was a great trip, first of all. I, I did not actually see it live, but what I was doing, so it, it was nine hours ahead from where I was in Colmox, BC. <laughs> I was actually just refreshing Bob's Twitter because I, I couldn't get the, the, the connection anywhere. So when I saw Bob's Twitter, I, I, there was a big fist pump that would have been about 6.45 Pacific time, I guess. And it's a good thing my sister and her husband have a newborn, and uh, and she was already up, so I didn't wake her up when when it went in. But uh, it was a great trip, great to great to play uh, Crown Isle as well, thanks to Jared uh, Crown Isle setting that up. But no, an unbelievable performance by Brooke Henderson. Now two wins in her last five starts since that little break, and her second major championship. Now, now before we move on, because we've got lots to get to today, uh, Danny Walker going to join us. He's the uh, most re- uh, recent winner. On PGA Tour Canada, the Osprey Valley Open as PGA Tour Canada will double dip here in the province of Ontario with the Ontario Open coming up this week from uh, Woodington Lake. Danny, in a playoff, going to join us in hour two. Of course, we got winners weird and what. We'll, uh, we'll hear from Brooke Henderson. She went one-on-one with Bob after her second major. We'll do the full Brooke dive in hour one today. There's lots to get to, but before we get to that, Adam, uh, I noticed that you played golf, you just mentioned it, and you had some stealth irons in the bag, and you teased to Bob and I that you may have to move full-time to the stealth iron. Ex- explain. You just, you know, you, you didn't go deep on, on why. Like, how good were these? How good did you hit them? Oh, I mean, they, they were great. I mean, it, so it was uh, it, my first time using rental clubs in forever. I just didn't want to deal with Pearson and, and bringing my, my golf clubs for one round of golf. So I elected not to. And and uh, at the Crown Isle Resort in Comox, they had these tailor-made stealth rental clubs through the bag uh, from driver to irons, the works. And I had only hit the stealth irons when we were at, in Carlsbad last December getting to sample them and I love the look of them uh, immediately and when I hit these I mean like they weren't the right shafts given my swing speed but I I just loved how easy to hit they were and I mean I've been using blades for quite some time now and sometimes if I'm not feeling great the the hosel gets a bit of a workout when I'm playing golf so (laughs) I'm I'm hoping now that might might have to transition to something with a little more cavity but I I really enjoyed the stealth irons I love I could actually flight them I could hit them high and low but Bob those are the irons you have in the bag correct 
And, uh, you know, I'm not as accomplished a golfer as you two guys are, so, uh, but they've, uh, they've been really good for me. I've been able to hit the ball a little higher. I've been able to hit the balls a little longer. Some of that is also uh, some lessons that I've been going through in the winter golf school, but all things combined, I'm, I'm a big fan. Well, uh, maybe something uh, everybody out there should be considering. Uh, we will see. Um, you brought up Pearson International Airport. Um, that'll be a <laughs> teaser for my all-Ireland, because I just got back, as you gentlemen know, from a great Irish trip. We shot some great stuff for TV. We've got a special coming up in September. But uh, Pearson International Airport will make an appearance in Winter's Weird and What. Today, uh, we've got lots to get to, but first, let's kick it all off with some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. Oh, boys, I think it was about four months ago or so when we had a discussion right here on Golf Talk Canada. What if Henrik Stenson, Henrik Stenson jumps to live? What, what happens to the Ryder Cup? They have to go back and put the horses back in the barn and start the whole process again. Well, guess what? Henrik Stenson uh, leaving his Ryder Cup position to join Liv. Uh, he was hopeful that he could do both. That's not going to be the case. Charles Howe III, Jason Kokrak going with him. Lots of rumors, Bob, with some other huge names. Uh, also reports that potentially that uh, Liv is closed off for the year, that they will not accept any more players. I don't really know what to believe. I don't know what to believe with the rumor mill. Still very hush-hush from all the major governing bodies in the world of golf outside of DP World Tour, PGA Tour, i.e. majors. I mean, it's just getting crazier by the second. Yeah, and, you know, I on uh, one level, Henrik Stenson's uh, departure doesn't, doesn't surprise me. He is a guy who, um, despite you know being a successful golfer, got taken twice and lost large sums of his of his savings. Once he was involved in the Franklin Stanford, um, and I don't know what you call it, a, sort of a Ponzi-like scheme, sort of a Bernie Madoff type of situation. He invested a lot of money with this group, and uh, it was all gone. And the second time, he was taken, I believe, for some artwork that he some he was investing in quite seriously in some art. And that proved out to be uh, be a disaster. So he's lost a lot of money. So in that case, I understand why he went for the money. But again, um, to, to sign a contract with the DP World Tour and say, uh, yes, I will be the Ryder Cup captain and I will not uh, promote any other tours or anything. There was a clause inserted this year by Keith Pelly. You know, it just sort of shows the short-sightedness or perhaps in his... Uh, in his way, maybe that was his negotiating chip for a little bit of a bigger piece of the pie. You know, he comes back to Greg Norman and says, hey, I'm the Ryder Cup captain. You want me? Uh, that'll really stick it to the DP World Tour. So who knows what the actual story is underneath. Uh, but it's, uh, it's disappointing that it's, it's, uh, this one's sort of taken an ugly side to it. Yeah, it kind of falls in line with the Phil Mickelson. I need the money now. And that's kind of where this lands, unfortunately, to your point, Bob. Um, Charles Howe III, not a surprise for me. He kind of fits the mold of a player that kind of goes to live, you know, certainly on the deep on the back nine of their career, not ready for the Champions Tour kind of thing. Uh, that fits. The Jason Kokrak one, a bit of a head-scratcher. Adam, do you feel the same about, you know, did I outline that correct? Do you agree? And part two of this, you know, what what reports are true? Are... Are we to believe that Liv is closed off for the year, the 48 guys that will tee it up uh, at Trump jersey 
is going to be the field that we see the rest of the year or the reports that Hideki's already signed a deal. Now, keep in mind, there were false Morikawa reports. There were false Jordan Spieth reports. It's really hard to navigate and negotiate what's real and what's not. Where are you at on this? Yeah, on that last point, it's it's hard to believe we've come this far. I mean, when we were speculating about this back in the winter, back last summer, I thought this was just a pie in the sky. This was never going to happen. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if anything's on the table with Liv, with Greg Norman, with everything involved, if, if it's totally closed off. If we see four new players, I, I wouldn't be surprised if either or happens. Uh, to your first question, I think Charles Howell is a bit of a surprise for me, given he's 19th all time on the PGA Tour money list and three career wins. So he's had, he's had a good career. I mean, but I, I guess if he's looking for a little more dough and, and thinks he can do it that way, uh, I guess good on him in that sense. But Jason Kokrak is a guy who, who has been rumored for quite some time to it's sort of, I guess, what took him so long, perhaps. But uh, I mean, for, for those two, definitely surprised. David Faraday was a big surprise. For me, uh, Bob, I'm not sure what you think about uh, Charles Howell there. What do, what do you think? No, I was just going to say that uh, Jason Kokrak has been sponsored by Saudi Arabia for a number of couple of years now. But the one interesting thing, we're talking about the timing of the new guys going in and going out. This is the last, uh, this live event will be played this weekend, and there's not another one until after the PGA Tour season is done. The FedEx Cup finishes up, and then the next one will be in uh, Boston on Labor Day weekend. So there is a sense that you might get where these players who uh, the rumor mill that we hear might just move after the FedEx Cup playoffs. That's a possibility as well. Uh, Gary McCord now rumored to be in conversation to come kind of out of retirement and, and join his, his former colleague, uh, David Faraday, as part of the, the broadcast team. Uh, uh, Bob, before we uh, move on from this, do you believe between now and Labor Day we will hear anything at all regarding a shakeup in qualification, something official from the World Golf uh, Rankings Board, or potentially Augusta National? Uh, no, I don't think anything's imminent on either of those. From what I've been told, the official World Golf Ranking decision is going to take some time, apparently. And even if it does, even if it is successful for Liv, it would be almost a year before it would be implemented. Um, and, and if you've seen, there's a guy on Twitter, Nosferatu, if you follow him, he basically has it that at the end of this year, this calendar year, uh, every one of the live players will be out of the top 50 in the world ranking. They'll fall down just because they're not getting any points. So um, unless you're a guy with a already a, a, an exemption into some of the majors, you're going to have a hard time getting into them. Well, if you, if you kind of read into what Martin uh, Slumber said and, and his kind of description of what live golf is it would be very hard right now under the current format unless they're willing to adjust their format of how they play golf that they would qualify for official world golf ranking points but but one will you know we will wait we will see i know you know they are grinding it out they are looking at it, it is a huge decision that could uh, really really shape the landscape of golf for the next uh, decade or so world golf hall of fame on the move heading to pinehurst i think it's a good spot for it i'm actually on my way down to this area next week to work the Wyndham championship for pga tour live espn plus our studio is right beside the world golf hall of fame our studio moving to sawgrass up the street to our headquarters in a year or so uh world golf hall of fame moving in 2024 
Um, not a bad spot for Bob Pinehurst, uh, also going to be the secondary home of the USGA as well. I, I shouldn't say the secondary home, but another office, another home for the USGA. Pinehurst, really the the kind of home of golf in a way uh, for for the North American game, really. Uh, it seems appropriate that the World Golf Hall of Fame heads to Pinehurst. Yeah, I think it's a good spot. I think it's a better spot than in where it is right now, up uh, out in Jacksonville area, kind of. It's um, it's not really convenient for a lot of people to get to. You have to sort of make a, a, a trip to make sure you're going to go there. So I think this, a lot of people make the pilgrimage, as you said, to, to Pinehurst as a, uh, a home of golf or a great place to play golf. So I think it's a good fitting spot for it, and I think it'll, uh, it'll find a nice home there. All right, the big teaser, guys, the big teaser, Joe LaCava suggesting that he believes or he hopes, is hopeful, that Tiger Woods will play three to four tournaments before next year's Masters. Adam, what did you think when you read the headline? I know you got excited. Where do you think those four or three might be? I think it's a little ambitious, but I mean, excitement for sure. I, I would say his own tournament at the Hero the father, son, I mean, I, I recall, uh, those aren't official tournaments, obviously, but we'll see him likely play those two. And then the Genesis, I would say, given it is his own tournament, would he go to a Bay Hill? Would he go to a TPC Sawgrass? I mean, you know, TPC Sawgrass isn't exactly the hardest walk in the world. So he's now going to have so much time to strengthen that right leg, strength, you know, strengthen that back even more. So I, I think it's it's ambitious, but... For Tiger, we know how stubborn he is. We know that he's not quitting anytime soon or retiring anytime soon. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him definitely play the two events in December at the Hero and, and the Father-Son, and then sort of a wait-and-see approach after that. If we believe the leg has gotten better in terms of stronger and that, that the rehab has progressed and we assume that he is going to play, let's assume for a second that he is going to play a couple times before the Masters next year. Bob, I've got the Genesis circled simply because of his ties to the foundation. And I've also got the Players Championship circled simply because of the state of the world of golf and how open Tiger statements were about pro PGA Tour and very openly against Liv, I think it would be appropriate for him to stick his flag in the ground where the PGA Tour puts their flag in the ground. I've got those two circled. Bob, do you have those two? And do you have anything else? No, I think those two are the obvious ones. I think, I mean, I think as uh, Adam said, I think the hero and the PNC or uh, father-son are pretty much no-brainers. So I'm not sure if Joe's counting those two. That would be four, I guess, if we had those all up or if he's looking at some other ones. But I would, I would think... Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of optimism right now as to what's going on, and you have to wait and see after each event, I think, before he commits to the next event as to what he's going to be able to play and where his leg will be. But if he keeps recovering, I mean, let's face it, he's been better each each time he's been out. He's been able to handle a little bit more. Uh, the PGA Championship, I know, is a tough one because it's a tough walk for him. But um, I think, yeah, I think I think those ones are are pretty much the ones we're going to see him at. Well, time will tell. I'm sure there'll be more. You know, obviously, Tiger, there's news on everything. Uh, anytime Tiger moves, a remote, a, a rumor, an appearance, and etc., something pops out. So we'll keep our eye on everything, Tiger. Okay, coming up on the other side, Brooke Henderson. She wins her second career major, becoming the first Canadian to ever do so, solidifying herself 
Uh, she was already the greatest uh, Canadian professional of all time, and uh, she just kind of puts that uh, one more pin on the board, one more title under her belt to solidify that in what is still a very young career. We completely forget. It was an impressive win at the Evian. We'll talk about it. We'll break it down because, in my opinion, uh, especially on Sunday, you know, she didn't get it done with her best stuff, and that might be the most impressive thing at all. We'll talk about it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino and Scully with you. Weeksy will be back with us momentarily. Brooke Henderson, obviously the big news in the world of Canadian golf this weekend. Her second career major at the Evian Masters. and It is her 12th LPGA victory and is what is still a very young career. We forget still how young she is because she was so good so quickly. It was six years waiting for the second major. And we've been asking Adam... You know, when is she going to get that second major? We've been asking it for a while. Well, she finally answers the question. And for me, Scully, this one, very impressive. And I'll tell you why this one lands with me. 64-64 out of the gate. She starts this championship with her A-plus game uh, and is really running over the field. But as you know, it is hard to go low and keep going low. Very rarely do you see it. You see it once. We saw it earlier this year with Cameron Smith at, in Hawaii, uh, that he was able to do it. Um, you know, there are runoff victories once in a while, but it is rare and it is tough to play with the lead. And by all means, when she got to about the 12th hole in the final round, she pretty much let every single other human being back into this golf tournament. Yeah, she really did. A, sorry, sorry, yeah. Gave yeah. away a, a, a bunch, gave away what, what was really a tournament that she already had in her hands. And that's what impresses me on this one the most, Adam, is that she decided that, okay, there are still holes ahead of me. I can still go out and win this golf tournament. Birdies three of her last five holes. To me, that is part of the major story with this major championship. Yeah, 100%. Like you mentioned, she hit the ball so well in, in her first two rounds. And I, I really thought her putter really held her in there near the end of her third round, the Saturday round, where she made a number of putts from that sort of 5 to 10-foot range coming down the stretch on her second nine on the third round to post that number to get that lead going into Sunday. And then obviously didn't get off to a great start with the bogey, but with a four-putt, you know, six-way tie for the lead at one point. But... For the way that she bounced back and how she knew she needed birdie on 18 on in the final round to win the tournament, and she misses the fairway on a par five, and and we know her, her bread and butter is ball striking, and you know a big story heading into this year was her driver having to use a shorter length shaft driver, and her driver was great throughout the week, but she missed the fairway on this par five. What what does she do? She lays up to a great number, hits a really good shot to 12 feet, makes the putt in the middle, and 
that left hand low new grip has really really helped her now two wins in her last five starts this is the fifth time she has uh, multiple wins in her LPGA Tour career in one calendar year. Now 12 wins. And it's it's pretty crazy to think the greatest Canadian golfer of all time is turning 25 in about six weeks from now. It's it's remarkable what she's doing. And still a huge schedule in front of the LPGA Tour, which we will get into on the other side of the break. And we're going to hear from Brooke. She went one-on-one with Bob after her major championship. You heard me suggest, Adam, that you know it wasn't her best stuff. Uh, here's the reason why. And I don't think it matters. In fact, I almost think it's better that it wasn't her best stuff because in round one, she hits 12 of 13 fairways, round two, 11 of 13. Putts per round, she goes 26, 28 out of the, out of the gate with those 264s. Greens and rag, 14 of 18 in round one, 16 of 18 in round two and actually gets up and down from the sand, which we know is not her, her best uh, part of her game, but she's clicking on all cylinders in those first two rounds. Then she gets to the weekend, starts playing with the lead. Things start to slide a little nine of 13 fairways on Saturday, eight of 13 on Sunday, the putts per round start to creep up 30 on Saturday, 34 on Sunday, Greens and regulation still steady Eddie, still steady Eddie, excuse me, unable to get up and down from the bunker, uh, the one opportunity on Sunday. But I think you can blow up all of those numbers on the weekend. And I, the reason I think this is so important is when push came to shove, when her back was against the wall and the tournament was on the line, she birdied three of her last five, hit the switch, believed in that left hand low, trusted that left-hand low when she needed to make that putt on 18 when it was do or die, and to steal a line from Peter Costas, when players feel pressure, the first thing that goes is not their golf swing, it's their ability to make decisions and think clearly. You said it just moments ago. A bad swing on 18, she got a break, but then she thought correctly. She lays it up to a proper number, she believes still that she can make birdie to win this golf tournament. She executes and gets it done. This win right here could be a massive building block for the next five years for Brooke Henderson. It totally could be. And, I mean, she has, she has so much momentum now after this victory. And I know we'll get into, into the schedule here in, in the next segment because they, they have a very, it's a very exciting and a very busy stretch of LPGA Tour golf. But, you know, for, for years we've spoken, our, our expectations have been perhaps unfairly high for, for Brooke, given how, how she won so early, given how she won her first major at 18 years old, now six years ago. And it's, as, as we know, in all levels of professional golf, winning's hard. And, you know, for Brooke Henderson, too, in terms of an odds perspective, she had the sixth shortest odds at the start of the week at 22 to one. We know those will be a lot shorter heading into the next few tournaments as well, given her success. But a, a huge kudos to her. I, I loved all of the shout outs as well from some of the other, you know, Stephen Ames, David Hearn, a number of, of PGA Tour players reaching out via Twitter, congratulating her and, and for her being the, the best Canadian golfer of all time. I, like the sky's the limit here for Brooke Henderson. Well, as we mentioned, the season has a long way to go, but with this victory, it is her second win, her seventh top 10 of the season, 
It's a $1 million payout, and she moves to number two in the race to the CME Globe. Again, long season still on the LPGA Tour. They won't put a bow on the season. I think it's almost the end of October, November, before we actually hand out the CME Globe champion. Long way to go, but this vaults her to number two. She's having an exceptional season, and uh, we'll talk about it on the other side, but I think maybe not the last win of the year. We'll get Bob's opinion on that as well. But on the other side, Weeks went one-on-one with Brooke Henderson immediately following her major championship victory. We'll hear from her next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. It is Zakino Scully Weeks breaking down Brooke Henderson's second major career victory, 12th LPGA victory. She moves to second now in the race to the CME Globe. It's her second win of the season, her seventh top 10, and immediately following her major championship victory, she went one-on-one with our own Bob Weeks. Well, Brooke Henderson, I don't know if if you realize that you had an entire country sitting on the edge of its seat, biting its nails, and then leaping into the air when you won with that final 12-foot putt. Uh, Congratulations. What a performance. Uh, How are you feeling? I know it's only been a few minutes since you won, but what's what's it like right now to be a two-time major champion? Oh, it's, it's amazing. Um, yeah, you know, definitely not the start that I wanted today. Uh, pretty poor. Um, but you know, to bounce back on the back nine was amazing. And, you know, I was never really out of it. And I just tried to keep reminding myself of that and, you know, to make three birdies in the last five or six holes there. Um, and then obviously that put on 18, um, to have that go in and, and seal the victory. Um, just phenomenal. I'm just super excited and, uh, hopefully I can just ride this momentum, uh, for a while. Well, uh, we'll get into that putt on 18 in a second, but what what did you have to do after that slow start? As you pointed out to me earlier, um, after 11 holes, you're three over par. How did you dig deep? How did you pull that out and, and give yourself the confidence to go down that stretch? Uh, yeah, you know, just trying to remind myself that I wasn't out of it. I was still like in the lead or just right there. And, uh, you know, the saying that major championships are won on the back nine on Sunday, I just tried to remember that and, um, you know, I just really tried to dig deep as hard as I could and, um, you know, just really try to connect to the insides and, and you know, try to make as many birdies as I, as I could coming in and um, just, you know, never try, never lose faith and, and just try to hit good shots and, and see where it could get me. And, you know, I'm just grateful to be sitting here, uh, major champion again, which is amazing. And, yeah, just trying to dig deep. Uh, the tee shot on 18, when you hit that one, tell me what your emotions were like. Oh yeah, that wasn't very good either. Um, the goal was, was to try to hit the fairway and, uh, go for the green in two and kind of make it easy on myself. Um, but unfortunately the driver wasn't necessarily my best friend today. So, um, but, uh, you know, to hit that pro shot in there, uh, pretty close, um, and have an opportunity to, 
make birdie and and to win um that was super exciting and i, I didn't want to have to go to a playoff i didn't want to have to hit that tee shot again so uh you know i just tried to do everything that i could to make that pop. and and what's what's standing over your what's going through your mind as you're over that putt how how were you able to sort of put the emotional part of it out of it and concentrate on the mechanics of it um yeah you know so Britt and I both read it and we saw the same thing. And so that always is a little extra confidence, you know, when you're both reading it the same way. And uh, I just tried to, you know, uh, know what was at stake. So I, I knew I needed to make it. Uh, so I knew I had to, you know, give it a good run um, and just be confident over the read. And, you know, my putting was really solid the first three days. It was okay today, kind of a little up and down um, situation today, but, you know, I just knew I needed that one putt. So um, yeah, I just really tried to be in the moment and try to uh, make it so I didn't have to go to a playoff. Tiger Woods has said that, he feels the most satisfied when he's able to get a good score when he doesn't have his A game. Was that what, was that a satisfaction for you? I know winning a major is a big part, but you did it really without your your best stuff, correct? Uh, yeah, no, today wasn't my best for sure. Um, it, it was a bit rough there for the first 11 holes, um, but you know, to, to be able to turn it around like that um, and kind of stay patient while things weren't going great um, was a was a big deal and it, it feels good. Um, I feel like that's just another um, thing that I learned and another stepping stone towards the future that I can add when I'm in that situation I, again, hopefully. Um, but I just, yeah, you know, to win and not play your best, I feel like that is an amazing feeling and it just shows that um, if you have a lot of grit and determination, and you can really pull out a lot of uh, victories and a lot of good scores. Yeah. <laughs> uh You've, you've won 12 times now, the winningest Canadian golfer of all time. You've won two majors. You're the only Canadian golfer ever to win multiple major championships. What's next? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, to win two times in a year, I love to do that. So to get the second win this year in 2022 is amazing. Hopefully I can get a few more this year. That would be incredible. But, you know, just to play against the best in the world every single week and, you know, to be at the top of the leaderboard is always an amazing feeling. So uh, hopefully just keep the momentum going and, and see what happens. I, I can't imagine uh, you've got, I know you've got the Scottish Open, you've got the, the Women's British Open. I can't imagine what it's going to look like in Ottawa when you're there for the CP Women's Open. Have you even given that any sense of imagination of what that's going to look like when you step on the property at the Ottawa Hunt and Country Club? Uh, you know, in 2017, I was truly amazed at uh, how many people were there and how much love and support I received. So I'm super excited for this year. Hopefully, you know, tons of family, friends, and just all the fans come out to watch because I think it's going to be one incredible week. And um, I would love to keep the momentum that I have right now rolling um, and to be able to you know, put on a good show, have a good finish. Uh, I think that'd be really exciting for everyone. Well, you got a nation nation celebrating here. Everyone's uh, I think it's Brooke Henderson day unofficially, but, uh, but we'll have an official one. I'm sure at some point uh, it's, it's only fitting. Congratulations on major number two, uh, a great performance, a gritty performance, as you said, and we'll look forward to, uh, to seeing you uh, at the open championship in a couple of weeks. Awesome. Thanks so much, Bobby. Ah, uh, there's the Bobby at the end. We always get our Bobby. Well done, Brooke. Congratulations and great stuff there by Bob and Brooke. Uh, Bob, I mentioned Adam in the previous segment. I think this is a monster win for Brooke, and this could set up a huge next five-year window. Not that we didn't have anticipation, not that we didn't think she was going to continue this brilliant career, but you outlined it there in that interview. When you win 
without your best stuff. When you go 64-64 to start a major championship and almost give it away and are able to find that intestinal fortitude over the last five holes to trust a left hand low with a winning putt, to think properly on the 72nd hole when you hit a bad tee shot, to do all the things that you need to do to win when things aren't going your way. I mean, the boost from winning with that type of performance versus coasting through with your A-plus game with an eight-shot lead. This, to me, could just do huge things for her. I thought it was brilliant. How important, in your mind, is this type of victory for Brooke? I think it's, uh, it's very important for her. I think it's also kind of a, um, an alarm for all of her fans, everybody realizing she's maturing now. She's becoming... I don't think she would have done this six years ago. I don't think if she'd been in this, in this position, she would have carried this through. But I think she realized, you know, I don't have to panic. I'm still here. I'm still up. I'm one shot back, or I've got lots of holes. I've got two par fives left. So there was a lot, of, uh, a lot of sense of maturity to me in her game and in her thinking. But you're right. I think now it kind of proves, I think she proves to herself what she's capable of. And I think the putter was, uh, you know, a huge key. 26 putts on Thursday, 28 on Friday. A little more on the weekend. She was in the 30s on the weekend on both rounds. But um, this is giving her some light. She also said something to me before we started that interview about how much time she's been spending about reading greens now. That's been a big push towards uh, improving her putting. It's not just the stroke. It's just not just the physical back and forth of the, the actual club. She said she's doing a lot more work on trying to read greens and trying to figure that out. I don't know what that all involved, It was if it was just her and Brittany or if she's using any kind of outside sources or whatever, but she's basically a feel player. Um, she's not a track man or a flight scope kind of, kind of golfer, so we'll see. But I think uh, if that putter stays even relatively warm compared to what it was on the weekend or last week, I think, uh, I think the sky's the limit for Brooke. Uh, and that leads me to my next question with both you gentlemen. We've got a Scottish Open. We have a Women's Open Championship. We have the CP Women's Open, our own national championship. We've got the race to the CME Globe going to continue and, and, and crescendo in November. We have a huge schedule still on the LPGA Tour. A lot of their big events are still in front of them. I would be absolutely shocked with this type of trust now in this putting stroke proving that it works even when you don't have your best stuff when you need that 12 footer on the last to win to trust that left hand low i would be absolutely shocked if brooke henderson doesn't win at least one more time uh for the remainder of this season uh adam let's go to you does brooke get at least one more would you be absolutely shocked like i if she weren't able to get another victory yeah, I, I think she carries the momentum forward. I, like I mentioned in the last segment, winning is hard. So mm -hmm. if, if she doesn't get a win, it's still been an unbelievable year with two victories already, fifth time already doing that, a multi-win season in her career. But given the, the schedule coming up, given the momentum she already has, we know how excited she'll be. Like she mentioned in your interview, Bob, with her about her excitement heading, heading to Ottawa at the CP Women's Open. I say she gets another victory for sure. Will it be at, at the Women's British? She's never had a top 10 in that event, but her track record heading into the Evian Championship wasn't awesome heading into last week too. So with Brooke, if, if her putter can keep doing the way she, that's going and, and her mental game stays where it is, I, I think she gets another victory for sure. 
And it makes no sense to me at all, her record in the Women's British Open, because that's an event she should do exceptionally well in. She's a great ball striker. She's won in some brutal win conditions over her career in those 12 victories. I mean, if there's a major that she should contend in almost annually, that's the one. We haven't seen it yet. Maybe this is the year with this momentum that those ducks finally line up. Okay, Bob, to you. I mean, I'm almost willing to bet the farm that there's at least one more win in, in the tank for, for Brooke this year. Uh, agree? Uh, I, I certainly, based on what we've seen so far in the last two months, she's got two wins really the last seven weeks or whatever it is now. Um, I, I do think that uh, this coming week will probably be, uh, a, you know, I don't, I'm not expecting much this week. Anytime you win, obviously your schedule gets out of whack. So I'm not expecting much at the Scottish Open. She described... Her, uh, her Lynx golf, when she was asked how she likes Lynx golf, she described it in the press conference yesterday as a work in progress. So I, th- <laughs> I think she enjoys it, but I don't know if she's very all that comfortable. So I'm not sure about the Women's British Open. I mean, the ultimate story would be for her to win in Ottawa. And that when she's done that before in Regina. And again, you know, winning and putting yourself in the, in the hunt in big events and challenging yourself mentally, physically, like she did last week, um, those things... Just those things could make it seem more, much more realistic. But even if it's not one of those two more, I agree with you guys. I think she'll win somewhere along the line before the season's over. And uh, the only other woman who's won three times, uh, Canadian woman who's won three times on the LPGA Tour, Sandra Post. So she would equal that record. Well, uh, the record book will continue to fall, and maybe that's the one she equals of Sandra Post coming up uh, this season. Again, a long way to go in the LPGA season and some huge events in front of them on the LPGA Tour. Okay, on the other side, we will get you caught up on 20 weeks to tailoring. Adam, there's only a couple of weeks left. I was looking at the schedule. Where is this season gone? We're, we're only a few weeks away from handing out our absolute grand prize, so we're going to get into that Uh, On the other side, let you know how you can still win and qualify for that major grand prize. We'll also tee up our uh, two. uh, Still lots more to come here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada's Aquino Scully Weeks as we put a bow on hour one. I want to talk 20 weeks of TaylorMade with you gentlemen because we only have a couple of weeks to go. I want to get, uh, I'm going to do an all Irish edition of Winners, Win and What, but I do want to chat a little Ireland because I just got back, as you guys know, it was awesome. But have you seen the field this week for the Rocket Mortgage Classic? I mean, this is the stuff that anybody you know that is pro-live, and there are there is a pro-live golf community out there, I suggest a small one, but there is one out there. This is what they point to. The quality of the field in Minnesota, Detroit, and then Wyndham. This is a weird stretch. I don't know what the answer is, Bob. Because, um, you know, I don't have all the answers. But this is where the fuel gets, part of the fuel gets put on the fire. The, these three weeks. And, and again, I don't know what to do. Now, at the end of the day, regardless of the quality of the field, it's 72 holes of stroke play with a cut. In real competition, 
guys playing for their livelihood, guys trying to make it to the playoffs. So there is compelling TV and compelling sport here, but there's not the the name recognition that you would desire from a PGA Tour event. Have you seen the field in Detroit? You know where I'm getting at. What do we do about this? Well, I think before we start comparing, you know, and talking about the live thing situation, how many of the guys that are on live right now, A, would be likely to play this tournament, and how many of them do you think could actually move the needle? Four, five, maybe, at the outset? I mean, Charles Howell, Jason Kokrak, they're not selling any any tickets. You know, maybe DJ does, maybe Brooks does, but I don't know if those guys would play this tournament. So in that sense, I'm not sure if if the live guys have a leg to stand on, if that's what they're, they're doing. And I don't know what you do here other than what you just said, which is to try and tell the stories of how impressive some of these guys are, what they're fighting for, uh, what they're playing for down the stretch, for their, not only for their cards, but you know, to get into the top 30. There's a lot of different reasons why these guys are going to do it. And, and let's not forget, you know, three years ago, we'd never heard of Will Zalatoris, and now he's a, he's a household name. So someone is going to win this week. Someone is going to uh, get a master's exemption this week. You know, there's, there's lots of stuff at play here that are good stories, but you're right. It's, it's the big names that bring people in. But I guess when you have a field that doesn't have as many big names as you'd like, you have to tell the story in, in other ways. And that's not as easy said as, said as done. Right, but that is the truth, and that is the story to your point, Bob, those highlights that you mentioned. And to your point, really the only person that might have moved the need a little bit for this event that would have likely been there would have been Bryson DeChambeau because he had a corporate relationship with Rocket Mortgage that is no longer there because of his uh, playing on the Live Tour, that they have severed that relationship. So um, it is an interesting situation. And Adam, to Bob's point, I don't know if there's anything you can really do about it other than to point out the story underneath the story, which is this is competitive sport with a lot on the line. Totally. And I mean, you, you think back to the Open Championship and Jordan Spieth played eight of ten weeks. You know, it was just a very busy stretch from in May, the PGA Championship, Byron Nelson into June, RBC Canadian Open, U.S. Open, a couple weeks maybe in a lull, and then into the Open Championship, Scottish Open, etc. There's been a very busy stretch. and. The top players in the world who are still playing on the PGA Tour have a very busy stretch coming up, too, with the FedEx Cup playoffs. So guys just can't play every week. And like you guys mentioned, Bryson DeChambeau would have been the big needle mover, per se. I mean, he won the Rocket Mortgage back in 2020, his first win since rebuilding his body. Uh, of course, too, that the Rocket Mortgage sponsorship, like you mentioned, Mark, Phil Mickelson's been there before, too. But other than that... I wouldn't really see many other guys who, like you mentioned, Bob, would sell a lot of tickets to to play in this event. But we'll see some great stories, and maybe we'll see another Canadian get a victory this week, too. Keep the momentum going. Well, I'm on my road, uh, on my way to Detroit Wednesday morning. I'll be on the ground for PGA Tour Radio for this one. So uh, hopefully we get a great championship. The forecast looks great. And Detroit Golf Club is a great old classic golf club. So uh, we will see, and of course, this week on TSN Television, we'll give you our TSN Edge picks for who we like at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. So we will have to take a little bit of a deeper dive into this field to uh, to maybe find uh, a winner this week for our TSN Edge. Now, I'm off to the Detroit, but I'm just home from Ireland. I'm going to get into it in Winners Weird and What, but I need to tell you, gents, about Adair Manor. Wow. I got to tell you, Bob, you've been to Augusta a gazillion times. I have not been to Augusta as many as uh, often as you have, but I've, I have done close to 20 years there. So, I, 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 you know, I know Augusta pretty well. I got to tell you, 
I have never seen, with the exception of Augusta National, I have never seen a golf course in as good a condition as a dare manor. It is absolutely uh, ridiculous what they've done with that property. I was there years ago before the massive renovation. And it, it's a completely different place, really special place, unlike anything else that we played on a rotation in Southwest Ireland because we were playing some of the great Lynx golf courses of the Southwest, you know, your Bally Bunyans, your Trey Lees, et cetera. Uh, this was like we were dropped uh, in, in Georgia. Uh, it, was, it was carpet. It was crazy. It was ridiculous. I think it's going to be an exceptional Ryder Cup course, and I'll tell you why. It's got a lot of room off the tee, and they have a lot of different ways they can set this up. There are, are many different holes that they can create risk-reward and tease the players into hit and driver and things like that. I think it's going to be a really great Ryder Cup, uh, Ryder Cup course. And I hope we see it somehow before that because it's not till 2027. You know, we've got to go to Rome next year, then we come back to America, and then we go... Uh, over to Ireland for 2027, but a dare manner blew me away. And again, we'll have a, an Ireland TV special coming up uh, later this season for Golf Talk Canada TV, and uh, we're going to take a deep dive on it. But uh, uh, tremendous spot, absolutely blew me away, and, and we'll get into more Ireland later on in the season when we get all our contact collected and organized. Okay, Adam, only a few weeks left, 20 weeks, tell me. What are we giving away this week, and how many weeks are to go? Is it like three weeks? I believe it's four weeks uh, starting okay. this week coming up here. Okay. But later today, we're giving away six dozen of the TP5, TP5X, my symbol ball. So the customized little symbols you can get on the golf balls. How you win, you know what to do. Follow Golf Talk Canada. Follow Taylor May Canada, Twitter, Instagram. Tag your golfing buddies. You'll be in the draw to win six dozen golf balls. That could be golf balls for life. That could be golf balls for the rest of the week depending on <laughs> how many times you like to replace your golf balls mid-round or maybe you like to send some away to uh, you know some out-of-bound stakes or water hazards, that sort of thing. But six dozen golf balls, giving those away a little later today. And, and the reason I asked and, and mentioned there's only four weeks to go is because if you haven't participated throughout the year, that doesn't mean you can't win the grand prize. All you need to do is follow us on Twitter and Instagram and follow TaylorMade Canada on Twitter and Instagram, and you're entered in the grand prize, and the grand prize alone is worth over $10,000. You've got a full set, through the bag, tailor-made, top-to-bottom, custom-fit, drivers, fairway metals, hybrids, irons, wedges, putter, balls, bag, the whole deal, treated like Rory for the day, custom top-to-bottom, and if that wasn't enough, you and a friend off to Casa de Campo, all-inclusive for the week. The only thing not included is the airfare. It is your room. Your golf, your food, your beverage, five-star golf trip for you and your friend with your brand-new tailor-made golf clubs. I mean, the grand prize alone is, well, is worth over $10,000, but you need to follow us, and you need to follow TaylorMade Canada if you want to get in. Only four weeks left to qualify for 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Okay, on the other side, the 3M Open, the heavy betting favorite, Comes home late on a Sunday with a victory. Did anybody have Tony Finau this no. week, guys? No. I can't believe that not one of us had the betting favorite. And he was heavy-duty betting favorite, was he not, Adam? Yeah, he was 13-1 to pre-week. And uh, some of the other guys, Bob and I both had Maverick McNeely, who was around 20-1. to Actually, Mark, you had Sung J.M., who was, I want to say, the second betting favorite at 18-1. to But Finau was the betting favorite for sure. 
Well, Scott Piercy collapses a little. Finau jumps in. A weird way to win on 18, but a victory nonetheless. We'll get into it on the other side, and we'll hear from Tony Finau. Lots still to go in Hour 2. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back. Hour 2, Golf Talk Canada, Zacchino Scully Weeks. 3M Open was a stop on the PGA Tour. Tony Finau with a 67 on Sunday. He is the victor. It is his third win of the, his career. Excuse me, first win of the season. He's going to vault up the FedEx Cup standings. Tony Finau moves from 30th to 17th in the FedEx Cup with this victory. So a nice win for Tony late in the season to make a big push. Scott Piercy, just an absolutely horrific Sunday collapse. We'll get into that before we chew it down and break it down for you. Let's hear from the winner, Tony Finau. It's awesome to get my third win here in Minnesota at the 3M Open um, golf tournament that I've loved, though I've always come back ever since they've had it here. and. Um, Man, talking about the last few hours, I think I'm still trying to catch up. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, I think the win is finally settling in. And um, I was just I was just chasing all day. I, that's all I remember, really all week. Scott played amazing golf. And, uh, you know, the thing about out here, I just know with the experience that I have, you just have to keep playing. You know, anything can happen. And that's what I did. And when I really needed a whole putts, I did, starting on 11. Um, again, on 14, 15, 16, I mean, I made some really crucial putts when I really needed them. And then a little bit of some heroics down the stretch on 17 and 18, um, a crazy bounce on 17. Um, I called bank in the air, so I think that I think that cancels everything out. <laughs> but I did get a great bounce there, and I took advantage of that. Um, but it was quite a different feeling when I got on the 17 tee because I was just being – I thought I had a – I was almost chasing 20 under all day, I felt like. Um, it seemed like Scott wasn't letting up all tournament. So to all of a sudden have the lead, you know, I will say, I, you know, I got quite nervous on 17 just because it was a whole different field uh, on how the week was going. I never was near the lead. I was near the top of the leaderboard, but I was never within four or five shots. All of a sudden, I was the one leading the golf tournament. So, um, you know, sometimes you got to learn how to play with a lead. And it was a tournament that I just, I didn't know I was going to be in that situation. So a couple squirrely shots on 17 and 18, but. Um, I willed my way in and, and really happy to get that W. Uh, Bob, we're going to get into the Scott Piercy collapse. Obviously, that, that's a huge, that is really, in my mind, the story. But someone's got to be there to catch the person who falls. Uh, and Tony Finau, 14, 15, and 16, three birdies in a row, a nice stretch. 
And it's shocking to me to hear his comments there, though. And we kind of just spoke about this in hour one when it, when it came to Brooke. And when Brooke saw her lead evaporate in France, she kind of manned up and said, I'm going to go win this golf tournament and got it done and, and showed incredible strength. Tony Finau letting us into like a little window into his mind there that he almost sounded like he wasn't prepared to win this golf tournament and was taken off guard when he looked up and saw where he was at with a couple of holes to go and how difficult it is for even the best players in the world to get it in the clubhouse when they're just not prepared or comfortable in their own skin. It's It sort of brings to mind, you know, why guys don't, a lot of guys say, well, I don't like to look at the leaderboards. And I sort of think, man, wh why wouldn't you want to know where you are? Why wouldn't you want to know your position and what you had to accomplish, especially when, you know, the guy you think is sort of going to walk through to the finish line and claim the trophy is leaking oil. Uh, maybe even more than that, the wheels are coming off down the stretch. I mean, it was, uh, it's, it's unusual, but I, I guess for Tony, you know, it, it sort of shows that you, uh, you do just keep playing golf the best way you can. And I'm not sure if he would, would have changed much knowing where he was or not knowing where he was, but it's a good stretch for him and it's a great win for him. It's his, uh, um, you know, a guy who was having trouble getting it across the finish line. So maybe this is the, uh, this is the, uh, the aid that he needs when someone uh, sort of uh, walks out of the way and says, after you. And Adam, to Bob's point, you know, I was there for his playoff victory at Liberty National we were all expecting that to be like this huge trampoline for Tony because he's so talented. Uh, I mean, he's so gifted just as a natural golfer, can hit it a mile. Talk about a guy with reserve yardage in the tank. I don't know if there's a player on the PG, PGA Tour that plays with more reserved yardage in the tank than Tony Finau, if he ever lets the shaft out, look out. Uh, but it, it hasn't happened. This a win, a good win in Minnesota, but we never got that kind of lit off the can, so to speak, that maybe we were all anticipating after that playoff victory. Yeah, I agree. And it was so long between that first PGA Tour win and the second one at Northern Trust. Uh, Mark, you mentioned him sort of reserving some, some power. You remember in COVID when we were all locked down and he was posting some videos reaching 200 miles an hour of ball speed and the swing was almost reaching parallel. And you watch him now, and like he he has so much power with his hands, with his wrist to pivot through the ball the way he does. But I was all over him at the Open Championship as a value pick, given his recent success that he's had on the PGA Tour this season. Of course, at the RBC Canadian Open, that was on full display. But you know, good for Tony Finau to get the win. Uh, I, I love, like you said, to the honesty of not really thinking he was in this tournament at all and then sort of having to flip a switch mentally. And I, we saw those nerves that he mentioned on the 18th hole where, it was, where he hit that drive in the water. And if you recall last year when Cameron Champ won this golf tournament and he had a couple shot lead, he didn't need to hit driver. And he had his, his drive on that 18th hole so far left, had to rally to make par. And Finau, you know, bogeyed for the win, hitting his ball into the water. But good on Finau. Will we see him at a President's Cup later this year? Perhaps that those putting stats still still not ideal. He's forty second in the field in strokes gained putting this week, near the top of the field and and all its other strokes gained ball striking categories. So let's see what happens with Finau here going forward. But a, a good win nonetheless. Bob, help me make some sense here. Scott Piercy, he is a four time winner on the PGA Tour. He's a veteran. He turned professional over twenty years ago. He's two under par on the round, standing on the seventh tee, so it's not like he gets out of a start that's horrific or, ever, or anything like that. Back-to-back uh, -back bogeys on eight and nine comes out, goes out in even, 
and then a complete collapse, a, a, a complete collapse, coming home in 41, 76, five over par, uh, basically just giving this golf tournament away, finishes in a tie for fourth at 1,300 with James Hahn and Tom Hoagie. Uh, it's, you know, 65, 64, 66 coming into Sunday. Absolute cruise control. This is a just a monster brain freeze. And how do you come back from this? Yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't know what was going through his head. I mean, he's a guy, he's not one of the more popular guys on, on tour in terms of uh, his, his public perception. But I, I don't know. It, it's, it sort of seems like what happened over those uh, five or six holes on the back nine were so bizarre and so unusual and so um, uncharacteristic for a guy who, who normally is a pretty good, pretty darn good player and pretty good closer. I don't know how you come back from that. That's that's one where you got to just go back and knock your head against the wall and and sort of say, "What the heck just happened there?" Because that's, I mean, it looked like it was going to be a coronation more than anything, and then that that fourteenth hole where he hit it in, you know, left it in the trap and hit it in the water and I mean it was just a comedy of errors one after the other uh, to Bob's point Adam he's a little crusty Scott Piercy around the edges he, you know he's not warm and fuzzy out there uh, but he is a guy that's been out there a long time you you know not that you would expect the collapse of this type of epic proportion from from any player including a rookie but someone who hasn't been out there or somebody who's not been in this position before, you could certainly see them having a hard time dealing with the situation, potentially. Maybe it's a situation you've got to learn to be in. But for a guy who's been out there as long as he has, that has victories, I was surprised. Not that, not necessarily that he, he wasn't able to play with the lead and win a golf tournament, but the size, to Bob's point, the size of this collapse. This was a complete meltdown. Uh, what, you know, can you make any sense of this? No, no, I can't. And, and for a guy who hasn't won a, an individual stroke play tournament since 2015, well, he won the team event at Zurich in 2018. This was bizarre. And you wonder if that is nerves coming here for a guy who hasn't won in a while, for a guy who lost a number of sponsors during uh, during COVID as well. So it's it was puzzling to say the least. But I guess, like we've said a couple of times already in the show, it, it's hard to win. And when you have that big of a lead and you're trying to sort of nurse it around and hit it into the middle of the greens, maybe trying to be a little too cute at times, it comes back to bite you. And you, you wonder where he goes here going forward. A lot of the field was under par uh, of the top 15 guys and Piercy was five over. So he, like you mentioned, Mark, this is a total, total collapse. Yeah. To your point, Adam, Finau four under. M three under, Grillo even, James Hahn six under, Hoagie one under, Danny Willett three under, Callum Terran two under, Greg Grayson Sig one over. So in the top ten of this leaderboard, only Sig at one over joined Scott Piercy at his five over round of seventy six. Absolutely brutal. And maybe Adam, to your point, when you haven't won. For as long as Scott Piercy has won, it's almost like trying to win again for the first time. You know, seven years in an individual event is a long period for a veteran to go without a victory. Okay, on the other side, we're going to talk the complete opposite reaction on a Sunday. Because Danny Walker found himself in a three-man playoff on PGA Tour Canada at the Osprey Valley Open, the first of two stops in the province of Ontario on PGA Tour Canada. 
And he went out there and he won the championship with a brilliant approach in the playoff, stuffed it in there, made birdie. He didn't uh, wait for somebody to lose this tournament. He went out there and won it. And Danny's going to join us next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. It is the Kino Weeks. It is Scully. And PGA Tour Canada is in back-to-back weeks in Ontario as their season continues. First up was the Osprey Valley Open. This week they will head to Woodington Lake for the Ontario Open. And Danny Walker is your latest winner. He had a Sunday 68, found himself in a playoff with Cooper Musselman. And Danny goes out there and grabs the win with just a brilliant approach on the 18th hole, their first playoff hole that leads to a birdie for the victory. And joining us now, the new leader in the Fortnite Cup race, number one on top of that all-important top five leaderboard, Danny Walker joining us now. Danny, congratulations on your victory. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Before we jump into your Sunday, your season, your week up at Osprey Valley, walk us through that approach on 18. Did you just have a perfect number? Did you say to yourself, let's go out and win this? Uh, I mean, great shot to man up and go out and grab the win. Yeah, uh, thanks, guys. Um, So definitely in regulation, um, I saw right where I needed to land that approach shot. The pin pin was sitting in in a bowl there, Um, but it was a little tricky to access because if you flew it in the down slope of the bowl, it would kick off the back of the green. Um, So I had a good number for just like a three-quarter pitching wedge and just hit hit my spot exactly and, uh, you know, got wound up in there tight. Um, but definitely, yeah. In a playoff, I'm not, I'm not pulling back. You know, you're trying to, trying to make birdie and and, and close it out as quick as you can. Uh, speaking of closing it out quickly, you were the leader after three rounds, and there was some weather forecasted to roll in. Was there any thought that you needed to be in the lead after three rounds to perhaps, uh, if the last round got washed out? Um, I, honestly, that didn't really cross my mind until until someone asked me about it after the third round. So. <laughs> but not really, um, you know. Uh, like Mother Nature is unpredictable, so you know I'm, I'm going to plan on playing 72 holes n- no matter what, and then you know just let everything happen from there. It like it, you know you, you just can't try and force anything out there and and make sloppy bogeys. So um, yeah, I was just trying to shoot the best the best score I could on on Saturday, and and ended up with a, a three shot lead going into Sunday. Now, Danny, you were leading uh, after that third round as well. After the second round, too, what was it like for you handling the nerves and the ner- the anticipation of sleeping on the lead for back-to-back nights heading into that final round? Yeah, it, it's definitely. I, I think the first time where I've had I've had the lead going into multiple rounds like that. I think when, when I have won events in the past, I've come come from behind a little more. So it's definitely. Um, 
definitely more stressful and more tiring week. Thankfully, I, I did sleep pretty well every night, um, you know, which isn't always a guarantee when you're in the lead. Um, so, so that was helpful. Um, I, I think I just felt I felt pretty comfortable and confident with my game. So I, I just I, I wasn't too worried about it. I just knew I would I was going to give it my all, and if someone went out and beat me, so be it. Danny, sixty-two on Friday is the low round of the tournament. Uh, a brilliant display of golf on Friday. I'm assuming everything was clicking on all cylinders that day. Uh, but what did you ride to the sixty-two? What was the what was the real catalyst to getting that type of low round tournament low round in the books heading into the weekend? Yeah, it, it was just one of those days where everything was everything was clicking. I was sitting. Hitting great approach shots. I was I was making putts. Um, so yeah, it was just one of those days where you just need to sort of turn your mind off and and you know and let everything happen because you know, the only way you could screw it up is by by getting in your own way. Yeah, I mean I, I think I was like eight under through twelve, and at that point I was like, uh, you know, I, I was a little more surprised than anything. You know, <laughs> like I was just trying to you know. And just get out of my own way at that point, which I think I did a good job of. Eight under through twelve, yeah, I'd be surprised too, boy. That's a, that's a great start. Um, how how quickly now do you have to reset? Because as Mark said, you've got the lead in the Fortnite Cup. You've got going to the Ontario Open. You've got, I think, another four or five tournaments to go, and you obviously want to try and be in that position as as you can, as high as you can, towards the end of the year. Uh, so how quickly do you reset and and uh, stop the celebration and focus on getting the job done at the Ontario Open? Yeah, I think the best way to do it is, you know, give yourself maybe 24 hours. I didn't do anything crazy last night. Just went out, went out, had a nice dinner at the keg, uh, and then probably just take today light and then get get right back to it tomorrow. Because um, yeah, we got we got some more events this week, next two weeks before before we get a week off. So want to do do everything I can to get myself back in the position uh, in contention for the next two weeks as well. Because you know, there's oh, we you know. Plenty of guys will be chasing. So, <laughs> now we should mention, Danny. This is your second career victory on PGA Tour Canada. Your first coming in 2018. How much have you evolved and changed as both a player and a person in the last four years? Um, well, hopefully a lot. I and mean, four, four years is, <laughs> you know, a lot of time for growth, or it should be anyway. Um, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely a better golfer now. I would say. Um, cleaned up some areas in my game that weren't as sharp back then. Um, I think I'm a better driver of the ball. I'm a better putter now. Um, definitely a little more a little more maturity and life perspective helps as well. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm, I, I don't live or die quite as much by what goes on on the golf course now, which is, you know, big help. And I think why I'm a little more, a little more at ease than I may, I may have been in the past. So, yeah, that all adds up to, to better golf. Well, Danny, you're leading the way now. Fortnite Cup, you are first on the standing, coming off a victory and heading to the Ontario Open. So good luck the rest of the way, and good luck this week. I know you don't have a lot of time to celebrate the win to get right back at it, but you've got momentum, and uh, who knows? Maybe you can go back-to-back, and we're having this same conversation next Monday. So congratulations on the victory, and good luck this week at Woodington Lake. Yeah, I hope so. Thanks, guys, so much. Appreciate it.
There he is, Danny Walker, the latest winner on PGA Tour Canada. A big playoff victory goes out and grabs it in the first playoff hole. On the other side, we're going to do winners, weird and what. Quick question for both you gentlemen. I was going to save this for our final segment today, but I'm going to plant the seed now because a little bit of a conversation came up on the bus in Ireland uh, on Cameron Smith's victory at the Open Championship. And we've got Scotty Scheffler now with four PGA Tour wins, including a major this season. We've got Cameron Smith with three PGA Tour wins, including a major. And then we've got Sam Burns, Andrew Shoffley, also with three wins, Rory McIlroy with two wins. Scotty Scheffler clearly, uh, for most of the year, we've you know said, oh, there's your player of the year. He's also got a few seconds, some close calls. But let's not forget that Cameron Smith, one of those three wins, is a player's championship. So the argument made on the bus in Ireland, we've got a long way to go. So there's still, you know, Cameron Smith could join Scotty Scheffler as a four-time winner this season. We don't know who's going to win the FedEx Cup, and that could decide everything, as it has done so uh, in, in some previous years. But, Bob, Adam, do you put any weight in all in the argument that Cameron Smith's three-win season in 16 events with a major and a players is as good right now as Scotty's four wins with the one major in, in the 22 events playing six less events than Cameron Smith. I don't. I still have Scotty Scheffler as the current player of the year because of his close calls in other events as well. But I do understand the argument. Adam, how close is this? I think this is pretty close, too, because when you think of Smith's victory at the Century Tournament Champions as well, that was in record-setting fashion, 34 under par. So oh, I, think I remember. This is, I was calling you a were video there. game. Called the video yeah. game for four days. Yeah, that, he, he was a robot for four days playing in, in Hawaii. And so I, I, think, I think it's closer than we really think. If, if Smith gets another victory during the playoffs and, and Scheffler does not, I think it's Smith's. But like you said, there's so much of the season uh, to go in terms of the playoffs. Bob, what do you think? Well, let's not forget too that one of uh, one of Scotty Scheffler's wins was a uh, was a World Golf Championship event in the match play, so I think yeah. that adds a little bit of weight to it as well. So, mm-hmm. does it, it? It's not quite as equal, obviously, as a Players Championship, but I would I would right now I would vote for Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, as would I. Uh, I just thought the argument was interesting because uh, it's a little closer maybe than originally at first glance when you get you get into the record breaking performance in Hawaii. The Players' Championship, the 150th uh, Anniversary Open Championship. I mean, if you're going to have three this year (laughs) and only one's going to be a major, you're doing pretty well for Cameron Smith with the other two. And, of course, I hate to bring it up, but rumors, again, circling Cameron Smith. uh, We will wait and see. Okay, on the other side, three-dub. Winners, weird, and what? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. 
Zucchino, Weeks, and Scully. Still a ways to go here. We will get you caught up on all the leaderboards in the world of golf. There were a ton of victories. I know we've obviously, for all the right reasons, talked a lot of Brooke today and LPGA because what a monster win for Brooke Henderson. However, there were tons of hardware. Uh, handed out this week in the world of golf. And we will get you caught up uh, on all of that uh, before we wrap up today's show. But first, let's do winners, weird and what, three dub. And this week, the tea is mine. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right. Well, the truth is, I promised an all Ireland uh, edition of Winners Weird and What this week. So here it is. Throw out the world rankings. Light them on fire. Your golf digest top 100. Your this or that. I'm not a huge fan of golf course ratings, etc. Because I think you kind of get to a level where I like to say. I don't know if it's the best in the world, but I know that it's in a group of places where there's nothing better, you know, and now it's just personal preference. And I think on this side of the pond where the places that we can travel to and we can access those places include Cabot, Bandon Dunes, Pebble Beach, places like that. And on the opposite side of the world, they include uh, Royal County Down and Royal Doorknock and St. Andrews, and Turnberry, and they include Old Head Golf Links. I mean, in a tremendous experience, uh, I think it ranks somewhere like 86 on the Golf Digest Top 100 list. Um, it's not even close to 86. Uh, for Top 100 outside the world, this is clearly inside the Top 20, in my opinion, should be inside the Top 10. A brilliant, brilliant experience. 18 holes, 500 feet above uh, the water all day. It's uh, Pebble Beach on steroids. Five-star accommodations. It is a brilliant, breathtaking property that makes you nervous all day walking along the cliffs. Bob, you know what it reminds me of? When you get to like 16, 17, 18 at Cabot Cliff, it's got that feeling. Only they've got 14 of those holes. It's absolutely tremendous. Sounds like a pretty uh, neat spot to be. I've seen the pictures of it. I've never been there, but uh, it would certainly, just from looking at the pictures, uh, have to go right on everybody's must playlist. It's a must. Anybody thinking of going to Ireland, anybody that's going to reach out to TJ at Golfway Tours, if you've got something planned already to Southwest Ireland and Old Head is not in your rotation, call your agent, blow it up, add Old Head, or you're making a huge mistake. Okay, my weird? I had to buy shorts, boys. I had to buy shorts in a pro shop in Ireland. I went with a toque. I went with sweaters. I went with pants. And I'll tell you why. I've been to Ireland four or five times. I love the country. It's one of my favorite places in the world to play golf. I've never been warm once in Ireland. I've had moments of warmth, but I have never spent 18 holes of golf warm. Never mind hot. 26 degrees and sunny. 30 degrees and sunny. I mean, Adam, I was sweating bullets, completely unprepared. I had completely the wrong luggage. And I found myself in pro shops buying shorts, buying this, buying that. I mean, to get weather. You've played golf over there. You know what I'm talking about. I had completely the wrong gear. I mean, Mark, you're the one who says the first decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. I mean, but, but I, I will say what I have learned now going over in Ireland is 
to bring shorts and if it gets cold you have the rain pants ready to go in in the bag to sort of just put, put over your shorts but i mean you you had some unbelievable weather that's what I, I kept looking at the photos saying are you in ireland or are you in florida right now we got to adair manor on day one it was about 18 19 celsius and a little bit of overcast no rain the rest of the week 25 and sunny and up absolutely crazy and my what this week and i told you guys this would come up later in winter's word of what what have we done to Pearson International Airport? <laughs> Listen, I've never been a fan. I'm going to be honest. Uh, you know, Bob, you and I have spent a lifetime in airports, okay? They're not my favorite places in the world. And Pearson has never actually been near or at the top of my list. I've always found it to be an airport that eh, doesn't operate quite uh, quite as good as it should for to service the amount of people it needs to service in Southern Ontario. But boys, what have we done? I mean, it is, off, it is completely off the rails. We had guys show up on our trip with no golf equipment. We had golf equipment get lost on the way home. Uh, guys can't get through security, three-hour waits, hallways look. I mean, something has to be done. I feel so bad for the travel industry um, you know, they were shut down for so long. Uh, there's so many people that were waiting for the comeback of travel to get people moving again, reconnect friends, family, industry. And this is what we're doing. Listen, I don't, I'm not a genius. I don't have the answers, but I know something needs to be done. That's pretty clear above my pay grade. But wow unbelievable at this point if i'm traveling with golf equipment again i don't care what the cost is guys it is ship sticks all the way uh i mean i am not risking uh, going anywhere needing golf equipment and, and leaving it up to this uh this circus happening at pearson airport and as uh, jamie Rydell, and happy birthday to jamie Rydell, by the way belated birthday as he uh said on twitter Pearson International Airport, otherwise known as Satan's A-hole. I think that kind of sums it up, Jamie Rydell. Okay, Bob, the tea is now yours. So, so what do I do, just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! All right, guys, my winner this week uh, goes out to uh, Golf Canada, who uh, I had the pleasure of attending a presser, big launch of their new headquarters. They're going to move out of Glen Abbey, which they've been in since 1975, I believe, and they're going to build a new facility up at Osprey Valley. So it's, uh, it's a pretty cool development. It's not going to be just a, any little small building or something. They're going to basically move their headquarters. Golf Ontario is going to move up there. The Canadian Golf Hall of Fame and Museum is going to go up there. The Club Managers Association is going to go up there. They're going to have an indoor training facility, and they're also going to have a public, um, mini not miniature golf, public putting course, sort of like they have the Himalayas at the old course in St. Andrews. So it's a, it's a cool project. It's going to take them a little while. I think they're going to break ground next year and hopefully be in it two years later. But obviously when, uh, when Glen Abbey... Um, uh, was being threatened to be redeveloped. They had to kind of go out and figure out where they were going to go to. So, Mark, this sounds like a pretty cool idea, don't you think? 
Yeah, I was excited to see the announcement. I was upset to be away. I would have loved to have been there to support our friends at uh, Golf Ontario and, and Golf Canada and Lawrence especially, etc. And Bob, this just kind of coincides with the uh, hotel, cabins, convention center, and potentially future site of the Canadian Open, I would assume as well. Yeah, we'll see if that comes about. It's still it's still a little ways out of the city, but it's getting closer by uh, the uh, expansion of the 410 recently. Uh, my weird this week takes us out to the Alberta uh, Mid-Am Championship, and I'm not sure if you saw this one, but it was a, quite a finish. It looked like it was going to be sort of an average uh, finish for Ryan Ware, who uh, had a two-shot lead standing on the final hole, and he hit his shot into a uh, very, very tall pine tree bordering the fairway on the right-hand side, and obviously he wanted to try and find this golf ball. He climbed up, and you have to go and watch the video. Maybe we can put it up on our uh, Golf Talk Canada website. But he climbed all the way almost to the top of this tree, and with everything he had, he was shaking the tree to try and get that ball to fall out. Something did fall out. They were saying, there it is, but it turned out it was just a pine cone. Unfortunately for where he uh, didn't quite get it done and ended up with, a, I think, a 9 on the uh, on the hole and to uh, to lose the tournament when he had it pretty much locked in but i give him a for effort for going up and climbing up the tree adam scully have you ever climbed a tree you're tall as a tree so you could probably just <laughs> with one arm just shake it or something but what's the what's the biggest extent you've gone to to try and find a lost ball okay i mean to answer your first question no i haven't tried to climb a tree because i'd probably break every bone in my body if i tried to do that <laughs> I've hit out a couple water hazards before. I, I haven't gone tarps off to hit a golf ball out of a water hazard. I've thought about it a couple times, but, you know, it just didn't really want to do it. But that's the, to the furthest extent I'll go. I mean, generally, if, if it's a lost ball, you look for two minutes and say, you know what, it's just a golf ball. But, I mean, good, good for this guy. The extra effort was appreciated, and we'll definitely be showing this video on GTC TV this week. <laughs> okay. Uh, and my what this week is what a nice victory for Monet Chun, who won the uh, 108th Canadian Women's Amateur Championship on Friday at a beautiful golf course, Westmount Golf and Country Club. And uh, with that, this is a very interesting part. She gets a whole bunch of different things that she gets, where she'll get an invitation to the U.S. Women's Amateur in Chambers Bay at, uh, in August. She gets a uh, berth in the CP Women's Open. And for the first time ever, she gets a prize check of $1,200. Under the new rules of amateur golf, they are allowed to get some money, so she gets 1200 bucks to offset some of her expenses. So a great win for Monet Chun on a great golf course. Westmount is really a superb golf course. Uh, all right, Adam, the tee is now yours. 348. <laughs> oh, man, that is sweet. Before I get to my three-dub mark, I was at Pearson about 11 and a half hours ago, and there were bags everywhere going through. It was, it was a gong show, to, to, to say the least. And I, I didn't even have any checked bags, so, I mean, that was something. But anyway, my winner this week goes to our friends at TaylorMade, who uh, they have been posting videos throughout the year on their YouTube channels where during their product shoot back in November <clears throat> or December, they would do some fun little different activities. And this one that was released was their Dunk Tank Challenge where it, it happened after a chipping contest where the loser of this chipping contest had to go sit in a dunk tank and there was a, a, an aim point sort of just beside it and players were probably 20 or 30 yards away and had to chip and try to hit this little aim uh, sticker and then if they hit it, 
Colin Morikawa, who was in the dunk tank, would fall into it. And you think 20, 30 yards away and how hard that is to hit a, a little aim, uh, a symbol or sticker that's really not that big. And Rory McIlroy, first try, doink, Morikawa goes down into the water. <laughs> Pretty funny. I'll definitely be using this uh, as a part of 3-Dub on, on television this week, but uh, some good stuff there from our friends at TaylorMade. Okay, my weird this week. As golfers, whether you're a weekend hacker or a PGA Tour player, sometimes blisters become a thing. And because you're walking around in golf shoes, sometimes you get a little sweaty. Sometimes your feet just aren't in good shape. And Scott Piercy took this to the next level, Saturday's third round, where he would take his right shoe off after every shot and carry it and walk around with his sock. You think his sock must be drenched walking around, but... I mean, Mark, have you ever had blisters to this extent? Because that is wild. All I'm going to say is this, Adam. Eight rounds, eight days, up and down sand dunes in extreme heat in Ireland. Two brand new pairs of Tour, uh, tour 360 Adidas. Perfectly comfortable. No issues whatsoever. He's obviously wearing the wrong footwear. He is. <laughs> Bob, during, during your times running, have you ever come across some, some bad blisties? Yeah, I've had a couple of bad blisties over the years, um, and uh, they're not fun. And but but luckily they have pretty pretty high intensity bandages now. You can put on them <laughs> that gets the, uh, the way. I've seen some guys cross the finish line at races, half marathons and marathons, with their feet bleeding. So uh, that's that's taken it to another level. Yeah, it sure is. Okay, and my what this week before we go to break. Bryson DeChambeau and his YouTube page, where he's been talking about, you know, creating content, trying to get more time going to live and creating more interesting content. And I, I have to give him kudos to, for this video. So he was doing a speed training session with none other than Tim Tebow. You're thinking, why on earth are these guys doing a speed training session together? But anyway, they were. And if I, Bob, if I had to ask you, who hit 200 miles an hour of ball speed first, was it? DeChambeau or Tebow, who would you say? Well, I would, I would say uh, DeChambeau, but it's probably not right. Tim Tebow hit 200 wow. miles an hour of ball speed first, which I was mind-blown about. And then they did this workout, and I thought Bryson was actually going to keel over. Like, he, he did not, <laughs> like, this workout, like, if, if I did this workout, I'd be in, in the hospital. It was an insane amount of, of lifting, and you, your heart rate was going through the roof. But anyway, I, I do recommend people check out this video. We'll show this on, on TV as well this week. Tim Tebow can, he's got kind of a quirky swing, but boy, oh boy, can he get through the, the ball quickly. Unbelievable. Oh, man, Bryson, just the gift that keeps on giving. Unreal. Okay, on the other side, lots of leaderboards to get you caught up on as uh, we have championships happening on every major tour throughout the world of golf. We'll get you caught up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last. 
serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 Fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we put a bow on today's show. Tons to get you caught up on in terms of leaderboards. Leaderboard updates brought to you by Bushnell Golf. Bushnell, the number one range finder in all of golf. Go to bushnellgolf.com for all your range finder needs. The Senior Open, presented by Rolex, a major on the Champions Tour. Darren Clark, 10 years after his Open Championship win, gets his Senior Open Championship win, 10 under par, a one-shot victory over Podrick Harrington at 8-under. On the LPGA Tour, we talked about it in hour one. We broke it down, and Bob went one-on-one with Canada's most latest major champion, now a two-time major champion, her 12th LPGA Tour victory. Brooke Henderson gets it done and moves to number two in the race to the CME Globe. Uh, this... Uh, and, and, of course, that CME, CME Globe gets handed out uh, sometime in November. So a long way to go on the LPGA Tour. But Brooke Henderson, now a two-time, the first-ever Canadian, being a two-time major champion. Richie Ramsey gets it done at the Kazoo Classic on the DP World Tour. Seven years removed from his first victory. Richie Ramsey, an emotional win, 14 under par, a big win from him. Danny Walker joined us early in hour two. Danny Walker wins in a playoff over Cooper Musselman on PGA Tour Canada, the Osprey Valley Open. Danny Walker now leading the Fortinet Cup. He'll make his way to the Woodington Lake for the Ontario Open and try to double dip on the Canadian Tour, PGA Tour Canada. David Kosher gets it done. A six-shot victory over a handful of players at the Price Cutter Charity Championship. It's a walk-off on the Corn Ferry Tour. Congratulations to David. And finally, Tony Finau there to catch the trophy as Scott Piercy collapses. Finau is Sunday 67. It's a three-shot win over Emiliano Grillo and Sanjay M at the 3M Open. Lots to get through there, boys. 20 Weeks TaylorMade continues. Follow us on, t- on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada this week, as well as TaylorMade Golf Canada, Twitter and Instagram. Follow your chances. Only four weeks left until we hand out the grand prize. Bob, what's up on the schedule this week? I'm going to be on location at the Dreams Car Museum for the Golf Ontario uh, Media Day for the Ontario Open tomorrow as we do Golf Talk Canada TV Obviously, Ontario Open happening at Woodington Lakes this week. We'll be on TV uh, Wednesday, 1 o'clock. What else are you following? What else are you tracking this week, Robert? Uh, we got the Shaw Charity Classic, the Champions Tour stop in Canada out in Calgary. We're going to do a little bit of that. I'm also, uh, you were speaking about uh, Pearson Airport a little earlier. I'm doing a little story today on Mackenzie Hughes, who is still looking for his golf clubs after the Open Championship. They still have not arrived, and he's off. Uh, on his way to the Rocket Mortgage Classic, so uh, it'll be interesting. He's got a, another set, obviously. His his club company, Ping, has made him up another set, but he said it's just not quite the same. So uh, that'll be a little story going out later today. Well, maybe for uh, Golf Talk Canada TV, we will share an image. We will manipulate my what a bit, and we will show an image of the golf bags that were stacking at the Edinburgh Airport. I don't know if you guys saw these images, it is quite shocking 
what is happening at airports around the world, Pearson leading the way. But it is a disaster everywhere you go. And this image of golf bags on top of one another in, in, in uh, Scotland, absolutely shocking. Scully, what's up for you this week? Uh, we'll be previewing uh, the you know the Rocket Mortgage this week. <clears throat> Excuse me, a bit of a quiet week on, on the golf front, which is great. But I mean, all the excitement will be for next week too for the Women's British. Let's see if Brooke can keep the good times rolling. All right, TSN Edge picks coming up as well. One o'clock Wednesday on Golf Talk Canada Television. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, the first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360-22. Tour 360-22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.